this show is brought to you by Amazon.com. That's right. All you need to do if you want to help support this podcast and help us do all the crazy science and all the fun stuff we're going to be doing here, uh, all you got to do is go to the homepage at todayinspace.net slash home or go to this week's link and there'll be a button. Just click that button and go do your shopping on Amazon like you would regularly. And really, it's, it's that simple. And Amazon's going to kick me back a little bit of, of whatever it is. And that way, we can just fund all of the, the cool stuff we're doing here. Um, it's that simple. And you just help support this podcast. Keep doing what it's doing because... I mean, let's be honest, the show's pretty awesome. So let's keep it going, right? All right, so do that. That'd be awesome. Without further ado, let's go on with the show. Today in space. How's it going? What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Today in Space. The date is November 19th, 2015. Uh, how you doing? Uh, how's your week been? Been, been going good? Have uh, everything been going great? <laughs> Working hard? Uh, you know, getting shit done? I hope so. How's, how's my week been? Well, thank you, thank you for asking. Actually, let let, let me. Th- th- this is this is how my week has gone. In in a, the simplest of terms, it's been a long week. Uh, just able to sit down here with you guys now on a on a Thursday night and uh, and give you my thoughts throughout the week because uh, started a new job as you may have heard from last week and uh, even the week before. And it's, it's been really good. I, I, I got to say, uh, I'm really happy to be back uh, at work. Uh, it's been a long, long year uh, not working any engineering jobs. Um, and it's, it's just, just, just really glad. I'm just really glad to be back. And that's kind of what I'm going to be talking about today is, is a little bit about my job. Um, what I can tell you of it. Because uh, it's engineering, and more importantly, it's aerospace. So there's very little I can actually tell you about my job. You know, I, I kind of started this podcast listening to a lot of comedians, stand-up comics, uh, who have their own podcasts, and they get to talk about everything about their job. And I would love to do that, but I'm literally unable to do that. So I'll do as my best job as, as I can. Um, really what I'm going to try and do is kind of give you the outside view of it, especially if you're an engineer, a young engineer, or you're an engineer and you don't really like where you are right now, or you're looking for something new, or maybe you've got a friend, or uh, maybe you're a little bit older and you have a kid, and or a cousin, or someone that's an engineer doesn't really know what they're going to do, especially an aerospace engineer, and they're thinking about it. I get asked that question a lot uh, about you know, whoa, oh, you know, what is it like to be an aerospace engineer? What do you actually, what kind of work can you actually get as an aerospace engineer? So, from time to time, I'll I'll talk about it and and at least give you something, you know, <laughs> give you something to go off of. Um, 
And that way you can kind of pass that on. Because I do get asked it a lot, so I think it's something uh, worth talking about. Um, it, it's 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 very interesting the the new job that I have. You know, there's there's really two parts of it. Um, to start, you know, my my goal as an engineer is to become a very well-rounded, almost Renaissance engineer, if you will. Um, it's it's the goal, at the very least. <laughs> um, you know, to get a, as many different disciplines under my belt as I can. You know, I, I think, uh, it's a great segue. Uh, one of the things I, I forgot to mention, yes, uh, the last podcast, we're celebrating the one year of the show being on the air. Um, you know, I was talking about all the different accomplishments. I didn't even mention one of my greatest accomplishments that I finally finished in the last year was graduating college, getting my degree. I mean, that's huge. And and the reason I forgot is because I still don't really believe that I did it. <laughs> it took me so long that you know, it took me seven years to get my, my undergraduate degree. And that's for a whole slew of reasons. And if you go far enough back into the podcast, you can listen to me talk about it. But um, yeah, it's a, it's a huge, huge accomplishment. And so part of that, you know, is that that's reflected on me when I, I want to go for the job and the career that I want to go for down the line in the space industry. Um, so what I'm trying to do is, is, is really get as many tools in my belt of engineering as I can and, and, and work on the things that I'm good at, which is work. It wasn't school. I wasn't that great at school, but I am very, very good at work, mainly because I'm observant, I listen, and I work hard, and I'm consistent. Th- those are my greatest attributes, and then they, they show well at work. So going back to it, um, try again, trying to talk about my job without talking about my job um, I'm getting into the field of metrology. So what is metrology? Well, a simple Google search. Let's go here. What is metrology? Uh, no, not meteorology, as a lot of people uh, think they misheard me. No, metrology. Um, M-E-T-R-O-L-O-G-Y. So if you just put it into Google, what is metrology, you get back the scientific study of measurement. And that's... That's a really good, simple definition. Uh, <laughs> I do that from time to time on the show where we Google something, and sometimes it comes back just the craziest, most complicated definition. That is beautiful. The scientific study of measurement. Just, you know, you might be sitting there being like, all right, so you're just measuring things? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's it. But, but more importantly, I think if you're, if you're not an engineer, if you just have no idea, measuring is, is everything. It's it's the unsung hero. It's it's the it's the savior for everything, and almost all the problems that ever happen with anything that's engineered, designed, manufactured is someone didn't measure properly, or didn't do it from the right place, or um, didn't follow the measurements in the first place. So it all goes back to this. So. What I'm hoping to do here is to learn the skill of, of metrology, of, of actual measurements, because let's be completely honest here. 
Sorry. What the hell was that? Anyways. Uh, sorry, folks. <laughs> Something just fell in the background. I have no idea what the hell that was. Anyways. If I can learn the biggest heel, the, the biggest uh, heel, the biggest weakness, I'm thinking Achilles for some reason, uh, the biggest weakness in engineering uh, all goes back to the common denominator of was it measured properly? Did the person who manufactured it actually follow the measurements? It all goes back to that. So if I can learn how to actually, how to learn the science of measuring, then I'm going to be better off for it. And I have that much more valuable of a skill than anybody else. So that, that's kind of the, the, the idea there, is to, is to go for that. Um, you know, when I first applied for the job, you know, I didn't really... Uh, I, I knew of metrology because I've worked in, uh, in manufacturing before, in molding specifically, injection molding. But... You know, I didn't really, you know, I was, I was always in shock of, of what these guys, these tool makers have always done in the past. And it really is, it's amazing what we've been able to do over the years without all the fancy equipment that we have today, which is amazing. But, you know, all, all the, the micrometers and the, the calipers and all the other crazy ways we used to measure things, you know, using piano wire to, to balance and and bring things into measurement. It's just crazy. It's crazy. And um, it's it's going to become a dying art here in the future because a lot of these tool makers and really early metrologists are in their 50s, 60s, 70s. You know, they're still working today. Um, and in some industries, not all, not all companies, um, there's, you know, there's a little bit of resentment from their generation to will say my generation because we don't understand that we grew up with computers we don't get that um some are will some want to teach and pass down the knowledge some are kind of resentful um especially since there aren't apprenticeship programs anymore so nobody nobody understands their struggle you know what i mean uh <laughs> not saying they're 100 percent right but it's definitely a thing they can't really connect with the younger generation they think we're lazy this and that and all the you know what the, the trades in general took a, a, a huge hit back in the last, I don't know, 20 years. Manufacturing left America for many reasons. Um, manufacturing went out of the country, and so a lot of the jobs went with them. And the guys who stayed found small shops who had niche jobs or uh, stayed at large companies for as long as they could. Um, and floated around, you know, and they're always being picked up. They, they will always have a job because their skill is necessary. You know, it's extremely, extremely valuable. So when I had the opportunity to, to get into a company where they do this, and not only that, they're, they're from what I've understood, top of the industry, I, I'm, I'm so excited to, to be a part of it. And, um, I mean, that's, yeah, that's it. I'm, I'm super excited to be a part of it. Um, and the other thing that I really wanted to talk about is another thing that I, I really think if you have someone who's an engineer or who wants to get into engineering and doesn't necessarily know what they want to do or, you know, um, doesn't know what to do for their first job, I have 
what I think is a great first step to consider. So if you're a young engineer and, and, and you don't really know where you want to work, you don't really know, maybe you've done an internship uh, here or there, you didn't really like it, you found out it's way more paperwork than it is actual engineering, like a lot of engineers face, that's it's a big misconception. Um, maybe you're just not happy with the job and you want something exciting, you don't want to sit behind a desk every day and do the monotonous same thing every day. Look for some kind of position, like a, like a field engineer, and that's, that's basically what my job is gonna entail. It's traveling around, uh, in this case, traveling around the country and, and doing, doing work at different companies, different locations. Um, and it's, it's really exciting. I mean, in the first three weeks, I've been to, there's five days in a week, and I've been working for 15 days. I've been to at least 10 different companies, and I've seen at least 10 different industries, you know, little subsets of each one. You know, so I've, I've, I'm able to see all these different companies and how they operate, how the employees, what the employees are like, what, what working at a place like that would be like. And you're seeing it from the other side. You're seeing it from, you, you're, you're a contractor for one of these companies. So you get to hang out with the people who, I mean, <laughs> you're working. So you're not just, it's not just a bro fest, you know, you're not just, <laughs> you're not just hanging out. You're, you're doing work, but then, you know, you get five minutes here while something's loading or five minutes before you head out to break. And, you know, you, you chit-chat with the guy who's supervising you, the girl who's supervising whatever it is. And you're hanging out and you're talking and you, you get to be on a level that you'd never be if you worked at that company, you know? Um, so it's, it's a really cool thing for a young straight out of college engineer, you know, you get to experience all these different companies, as many different companies as possible. And you're also learning a skill or you're learning an industry at the same time. But you're also getting a peek at all these other companies that, let's be honest, I've done the job search. It sucks. You're, 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 going to hear from maybe 15%, maybe 20% you're going to hear back from, just because it's a numbers game. That's if you apply to a lot of them. If you're lucky, that's not the case. But I know in my experience, that's what, that's what I've dealt with. So by doing a field engineer position, not only are you, you you're going to have a job, you're going to have a lot of fun, travel, you know, and, and enjoy the, the, the road, you know, but you're also going to see all these companies that you never would see. Um, and maybe down the line, you, you want a career change, you want to move to a different uh, company or, or whatever it is, you've seen what's out there. And I, I think the perfect time for a young engineer to do that is when their first is one of their first jobs. So if, if you're a young engineer out there and you don't really know what you want to do, or you know a young engineer out there that's struggling, trying to figure out what kind of job they want to do, this, a field engineer position in any industry, is the way to go. It really is. Um, again, I'm, <laughs> I'm only three weeks in, but it's, it's really fun. And, and like I said, like I said, uh, 
<laughs> you're not going to hear me talk about any of the stuff I'm going to be working on. That's why I have my own science on the side. So that way I do have something to talk about. So <clears throat> the the other thing, though, is I will be doing a lot of traveling. So the podcast will go on the road. Don't worry. It's still going to come out every Thursday night. But, you know, we'll be on the road. So I'll be coming from all across the country, maybe even around the world. I don't know. It depends on where I, I'm sent out. So it's going to be a really exciting year here. Um, for the, for year two of the podcast, um, it's gonna be a lot of road podcasts, and um, I'm just excited to travel, man. I think that's that's super exciting. Uh, it's something new too. I've never never really done this, so you know I'm glad to take you all on the ride with me, and uh, it's gonna be fun. It really is. Um, let's see what else. I think that's it. I think that's it for that. Let's let's get into some news, and then we'll close it out and uh, get ready for next week, for Thanksgiving, some Turkey Day. All right, let's go. There's a very cool article that got sent to me by uh, Ed Spofford uh, earlier this week uh, that, that really kind of blew my mind. So shout out, Spofford. Thanks for this, man. Um, there's apparently a lot of work that goes into the International Space Station that involves dealing with bacteria and fungi and all this stuff that's just floating around up there. Because, I mean, it's a closed system. You know, it's not like you just open a window (laughs) and air it out. It's, you know, all the air is filtered through a system, you know, and there's always humans up there. So there's always more microbes and uh, all this microorganism stuff that's up there that you would never even know is up there unless you tested it. And I guess they found this out by taking some dust and testing the genetic, uh, let's see, yeah, they see a team sequenced the genetic material from the dust that was plucked out of an equipment that had been up in space uh, an air filter that was used for 40 months, right? And they they helped to go through to see what actual stuff is up there because it's a closed system. They got all these people up there. They want to know what they're breathing, right? Because it's it's kind of crazy. It, I mean, it really is when when you think about it. This kind of blew my mind because I never really thought about it. And the other thing is. I didn't really even know the lengths that NASA goes to to prevent sending any kind of microbiology, microbacteria, anything, any kind of life to other planets. I, I learned that out when I was learning more about the um, the RSLs on Mars, the, the, the evidence of water on Mars. I didn't realize the process that everything gets sterilized for. More importantly... I didn't realize that <laughs> you don't send, like you send, so for instance, if you're sending a rover to Mars, right, one of the considerations for where you're going to send it is the possibility of it being sterile so that you can't infect <laughs> what you're sending there. And then you're like, oh my God, we found life on Mars. And then you realize that all you did was send life to Mars on board the rover. 
that's crazy. Like it's, it's this crazy battle of, of sterilization against these tiny microscopic invisible life forms to make sure that if we do ever find life somewhere else, that it's actually life that we found on another planet and not life that we found on that planet that came from our planet. And I think more importantly, and I think one of the reasons it started was so that we don't accidentally (laughs) inseminate another planet with our life forms. You know, and, and so that we don't accidentally create life on another planet. And I, you know, you know that a lot of work goes into the space program and into sending stuff out. But I, I was really impressed by that that thought. You know, it's just never would have crossed my mind. And that's why we have these brilliant people working on this stuff. Um, but I, I think I think the thing with this article. That, that, like I said, really blew me away is just how much, how hard it is to keep these microbiomes and, and these micro, I don't even know if I'm saying it right, um, <laughs> these microscopic life forms, bacteria, fungi, from accumulating, because they're going to. We're humans, we're covered in bacteria and microorganisms, you know? There's more, God, there's just, just in your gut flora, there's all, there's so much in there. It, it, it like, it's astounding. I mean, we're just filled with germs all the time. <laughs> we're just a walking germ bag, you know, but we don't, we don't see it that way because we never see them. And if we did see them, they, they, people would be scratching all the time. I remember, I remember in my biology class in junior high, our, uh, our teacher put on a video that was just that. It was showing you all the little life forms that live on you to help you survive. Like you're just a walking bag of germs. And it was so funny because she put it on for us to learn, but really she wanted to see us like scratch and itch and like freak out by realizing for the first time these these things have been on us all the time, and just because we see we saw them now under a microscope on a TV, that now like we're <laughs> we're freaked out by it. Uh, it's a little sick, but I actually I appreciate that. That's that's a pretty good perk of the job, right? <laughs> Watch these young kids freak out every year. Oh my god. Oh god. The perks of being a teacher, right? Yeah, but it, it's true. I mean, it, and it's something as this article. Um, talks about it's something that we need to going forward figure out you know we really need to figure out how to get these 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 closed systems of air that they're breathing to be cleaner and to really um, because if you're out there a long time and God help you know, if if anybody up there has some kind of pathogen or deadly disease, the filter's not going to filter it out. And people are going to be breathing that in over and over and over again. 
And I mean, they're running these through HEPA filters and, and vacuum bags. And these things have been cleaned in billion times, sterilized before they even get sent up there. Everything on that spaceship. Everything has been cleaned, has been kept in a clean room. They keep the clean room to literally, like, parts to millions of, uh, of this stuff. The, the, the level that this, these clean rooms are kept are crazy. But still, because we go up there and we're covered in these things, it, it's, 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 it's just maintaining. It's just, it's just making it better than it could be because it could be so much worse. But the good thing is that they're working on this now before anything serious happens. So I think that's really what you take away from this is that they, they're working on this problem and trying to figure out an answer or really figure out what the danger is because really it's one of those things where it's like, oh, we didn't think of that, so what could happen? So then all the, the worst possibilities come out. Think about all the things that could kill you and then you narrow down, okay, what's the possibility of that? What's, how, how likely is that to really happen? And then you plan out accordingly. All right, so then if this could happen, what are we going to do about it? You know, and that's planning. That's, that's the preparation that goes into this kind of stuff. And they're working on it, luckily. So uh, check that article out. There's tons of information in there, especially like what they actually found in that um, genetic, what's the word? Yeah, the sequencing of the genetic material from that dust that they found on the equipment. So go check that out. It shows you all that stuff. Um, really cool article. Thank you again, EJ, for sending that. Uh, blew my mind the first time I read that, and I've been <laughs> I've been looking it up like for the last two weeks. So uh, check it out. Really cool article, and it'll be in the space links for this week's episode. Another really cool thing that I saw this past week, and I put it up on the the Facebook page, is a comparison of what the Andromeda galaxy looked like when we looked at it in 1888 through what I'm guessing was a telescope um, or it was a, a, a light plate or those, those black plates that they, they the, the light from whatever comes through gets put on them. So then you have the image of what's out there. Um, either way, it's a black and white image compared to what we can do now and, you know, what, the Andromeda galaxy looks to us with our incredible space telescopes. Um, it's it's really amazing. And I, I think the sheer, just looking at a galaxy like the, the, the Andromeda galaxy, our sister galaxy, right? It's a galaxy, right? Like the Milky Way galaxy is ours, but we really only ever talk about the... The solar system, really, and most people, you know, I've, I've been caught in this too, most people refer to the universe as really our solar system, but it's way more fucked up than that. It's, <laughs> it's you know, so we've got the solar system, of which we're only this little speck in the arm of our Milky Way galaxy, and then you look at this picture of these crazy motherfuckers in 1888 who are seeing another galaxy, a whole another galaxy spinning and then we've got this great picture of it today 
And I was talking to somebody about it this week. And it's, you know, for me, you know, it's so funny when I talk to other people because it's great because you always get something new. No, no one ever thinks about space the same way. We all come from it from a different point, whether it's, you know, for me, I, I think I come at it from from a really open view. Um, and I, I really try and think of how we, where we are in it and what we could do in it. And, and I've, I think the, the idea of uh, the roof blown off and how massive it is. I mean, for me, it's humbling. A lot of people are terrified of it and that's why they never really talk about it. But I, I enjoy that so much just the sheer magnitude of the universe, just our universe, crazy as that is to say, but um, the person I was talking to was was really blown away by the fact that, you know, you've got this huge galaxy, the Andromeda galaxy in this picture, and, and, and each picture has kind of a different focus, um, a different perspective. But both one has all of these stars in the background of this galaxy. And potentially, each one of those stars is another star, another galaxy. And the sheer volume of that is just astonishing. I mean, it really is. It's how small we are relative to the entire universe is truly spectacular. And not many people ever sit down to think about it. And, you know, I, there is there is good reason because things need to happen. Things need to continue. You know, the, the Andromeda Galaxy is not thinking about how we feel about it. Let's be honest, it's doing its own thing. <laughs> so, so you know, it's... Um, I, I'm, I'm very lucky that, that I, I get to do something like this, to, to spend time to think, to, to work on this, you know. Um, and I always, I always find it interesting what, what people have to say and what they think about it. Um, because it's always very different from what I'm thinking. And I, I love that. I love that because that, that uh, gives me more of a perspective of, of, of how everybody thinks about it. Um, yeah, I'm just, I'm just sitting here thinking about it myself. I mean, take a look at these, this comparison picture. And just take, take two minutes. Take two minutes and, and really capture what you're looking at. Like I said, this is a galaxy, and if you're looking at the picture in the spiral of the Andromeda, look at those red parts where the dust, essentially, is spinning around. Look at one of those red spots. And in that red spot, probably one of the pixels of that is our entire solar system, right? So that's the sun, that's Jupiter, that's Saturn, that's all the planets, all the dwarf planets, 
our asteroid belt, our, did I say our sun? Our sun, <laughs> us, all our problems, all our worries, all our fears, all our victories, all our glory is in that pixel. It's crazy. It's crazy. For me, that helps me realize, okay, the shit I'm going through, not that bad. <laughs> it's, you know, I need to focus on what's important to me and not focus on the tiny crap that I could let bother me. That's how I use the infinitesimalness, in, in, infinity. That's how I use the infinity of the universe to help me get through my day. I don't know if it's going to help you, but I hope it does. <laughs> it might terrify you, but, you know, it's how you take it. And I think taking two minutes to just sit down and look at that um, is a great benefit for all of us. So, take a look. I think it's just fucking awesome. So, just take a look at it. Um, it's truly amazing. And uh, it's just a good way to blow your mind before the weekend okay now the last thing i want to talk about just before we we close the show up is something that uh we're gonna be talking about a little bit more uh when i have some more friends on the on the show um but i want to kind of just give you you and me and kind of give you my opinion on a topic that has to come up will always come up and is inevitable to come up whenever you talk about space and that of course is aliens so, if you were to ask me, do I believe in aliens? The answer is simply, yes, it's possible. I know that's probably a little complicated of an answer, but yeah, no. Do I think it's possible that there is another life form out there? Yeah, of course. Just by the sheer numbers of it, I think it's definitely possible. Now... Uh, especially in the space industry. What is the definition of a life form in space? I mean, it, it can be anything that has life. And just like we talked about earlier with the ISS, bacteria is a life form. However small and invisible as it is, it is life. So if you ask me in that regard do you do i think that there's life out there in the universe of course but i think what everyone really wants to know is is there life out there like us and i think that's where it gets a little crazy and it's actually i i talked to a few people this weekend i don't know what was it ask an aerospace guy about aliens week but uh, i was asked asked a few times about aliens um and we, we kind of talked about a lot of things. And I think what a lot of people want to believe is, is the old UFO thing. You know, when a saucer, little green men, or just really any kind of life that comes down and we see them and they see us and we're both now aware of each other. You know, or, or just another species that comes down and lets us know that we're not alone. Um... I get that. I, I do. Um, but I think for me specifically, I, and it's something I, I 
kind of just realized last week and I kind of put some thought into it was I think we're we all want to think that we're the first people that aliens are going to see that you know we're the first beings they've ever encountered you know it's first contact and you know all this stuff but I don't know if if there was an alien race or alien people or different beings that actually went around and searched for life, right? Didn't just, oh, we're going to take a detour and go this way. They wouldn't do that. They're not going to just get lost and then happen to find us. <laughs> it's more likely that they actually go out looking for life, right? Different beings, and, you know, we like to think that they'd be dumb enough to let us see them. But if they actually go out looking for life forms, would they have developed technology that made them invisible to us? Right? Like, they, they would have put some work into it, you would assume. And they would have a, a process and, I mean, yeah... I, I'm doing kind of the same thing that I'm talking about everybody else, which is really putting human qualities on some other being. But I, I, I think, I think, um, yeah, I think that's exactly what I'm doing. But <laughs> regardless, that's that, that wasn't the point I was trying to make. The point I'm trying to make is, um, I think you can come from really two angles. Uh, there's more, but I think the majority of people come from either, you know, there's going to be an alien race that comes and, you know, we're, we're basically smarter than they are and, you know, they just happen to come down and, you know, we teach them this stuff and it's like ET, you know, and it's, it's cool like that. Um, (laughs) or they're terrifyingly more intelligent than us and they don't care about being around us and they're the the planet eaters you know what is that the Stephen King book I'm not even sure I've never even read it I've just heard people talk about it um where they just devour entire planets for energy and then move on to the next one you know I think there's just the two extremes and that in itself is really two very human things to do um, but I don't, I don't think it would even be any of that because let's just say they were going to come here to look at us, to observe us or whatever, just to see who we are, like we would do, right? We're not going to send spaceships. We're going to send rovers first. We're going to send robots. We're going to say, so they're going to think <laughs> that we're robots. So even if we do find some kind of alien or other life form. Maybe that's just their ambassador. Maybe that's just their surveyor. Maybe that's not even the actual alien person. You know? But then there's also the crazy idea of them not even being able to breathe our air. Maybe they don't even breathe air. So again, how are we going to discover them if we don't go out looking for them? You know, we want 
them to come to us. But if we really do want to find aliens, we've got to go look for them. They're not going to come to us. Because again, we go back to the <laughs> picture of the Andromeda galaxy. We are a tiny pixel in that entire galaxy. And behind it are an infinite number of other stars and galaxies behind it. Just in the background. So when people get like really upset that, <laughs> that, oh, we haven't found any aliens. It's like, yeah, well, we haven't fucking looked. Have you looked at the sheer number of just galaxies, not planets, not places where they could live, just galaxies and stars alone? Our own Milky Way galaxy. We don't even just look, try and look at a map of that. And you will understand <laughs> how much more we have to fucking go. Like, we want to look all the way out there to another galaxy, and we haven't even looked at ours. We we could be, like, we. it's like looking under a rock. You never look, oh, look, there it is. You know, I didn't even know there was something under there. It could be hiding right underneath us, and we would have no idea. So, do I believe there's aliens? Yes. But... We haven't even given it a serious try. You know, NASA, there were some research. Uh, so they found what looked like some kind of repeating light emission, right? Uh, it was a few weeks ago. And, you know, everyone was like, SETI, the SETI Institute saw that, right? And then it, and then it disappeared because we all thought it was some alien message. I mean, it's a great, you got to go after it. You got to look at it and see, okay, what was that? But... You know, could have just been a star exploding or, or some, I don't know. It could be a bunch of things. But then people get like super bummed out that it's not aliens. It's like, well then, care about the space program. Care about all this other stuff. You know? So it's only going to get funded if we care about it. It's the only way it's going to happen. These people are working with or without you. So if you want them to do more, then care about this stuff. It's simple. You know, I don't care if we go looking for aliens or if we go mining for things or if we truly want to just be adventurous and go out there and discover it. I don't care how we get there or what the reason is, just as long as we go. And that's kind of what we're going to be focusing on hopefully in the next, for the end of the year here, is uh, I really want to focus on the plans we have today, what's actually happening for us to go into space. Uh, actually, to the other day, and go check this out if you want to do some homework for the next few episodes, um, the Senate just passed the Space Act of 2015. Now, I, I just, it was on Congress, the, the Congress website, um, it seemed like a legitimate thing that was passed, but apparently, uh, competitive, competitiveness in space has been passed for the U.S. So that's crazy. It actually got passed. It's an actual bill. It's nuts. 
I, I just I just looked to make sure it looked legitimate, <laughs> but I haven't even read it yet. But I'll be bringing that up in a few weeks. Go check that out beforehand if you want. And if you have any questions about it, come come ask. Um, send them here, and I'll cover it. Uh, if you have any questions, I'll, I'll bring them up on the show. Um, we're also going to go over NASA's plan for Mars because that came out. And we haven't even covered it yet, just because there's so much to do, and I've had no time. <laughs> but there's so much crazy shit going on today, guys, that it's it's very exciting. And I'm really happy to to be a small part of it and just kind of bring another opinion, another point of view. So if you want to be a part of it, just send in any questions to todayinspacepodcast at gmail.com or find me on Twitter at El Greco, E-L-G-R-3-C-O, or on Today in Space Podcast on Facebook. And we we can start really diving into this stuff. And have a good time while doing it. So thank you for listening this week. And uh, make sure to go to the Amazon link on this week's episode and on the homepage. Um, You know, the holidays are coming up. I I, I do all my shopping online because I hate going out shopping. I hate dealing with people during the holiday seasons. The biggest assholes seem to come out at that time. It's something about holiday shopping does that to people. That's the exact opposite of (laughs) what what you you want the holidays to be, which is everyone being happy and and having just a good time and enjoying each other. Shopping in real life brings out the exact opposite of people. So I like to do it online, and many of us do. So if you want to do your Christmas shopping, uh, Hanukkah shopping, Kwanzaa shopping, whatever holiday you celebrate, I would love for you to use my Amazon link because Amazon will send me back a little bit of that and then we can do more science on the show. We can fund all the little projects that I've had bubbling in my head that I want to help bring to you, the listeners. And for me, I, I, I'm glad to fund it. That just means it's going to take longer. So you really want to you know, get this stuff going and make this show bigger and better so that you can be more and more entertained every week. Boom. There you go. There you have it. Use the Amazon link. And I would really appreciate it. It would really help out a lot. Um... And that's that's about it, guys. Thank you for listening. Uh, <coughs> ooh, excuse me. Make sure to tell your friends about it. You know, keep spreading the word. I think the biggest success of this show growing has been from you, the listeners, spreading the word. Now, yeah, I've been going around telling people about it. Um, if, if you're one of the few that's gotten a business card <laughs> of mine, uh, you know, that's been, I think, the big thing, spreading this word. But the best way for this show to get bigger and to, to reach more people, really, is is for you to tell someone about it. So I think the perfect person, any engineer, scientist, anyone that you know that's that's in college or just out of college, just getting into it, I, this is this is the show for them. That's that's what I feel. And especially if you're working, you know? You, you you want something to listen to on a Friday morning or whenever you're gonna listen to it, you drive to work, whatever it is, I think it's perfect. So I know it's perfect. That's how I got into podcasting, was driving to work listening to these crazy motherfuckers talk about some crazy shit. So uh, keep tuned with us. Keep listening. And like I said, thanks for listening, guys. It's I'm so happy to do this every week, and I'm so glad that you're listening. So just go out there and don't let any of the negative shit that happens in the world get you down. 
keep striving forward because that's life. Shit's going to happen and you got to keep going forward. You think in 1888 when they were looking at the galaxy, anyone cared? No. Nobody cared. They kept doing it. And that's why we have a space program today, goddammit. It's hard work and commitment. So, so go out there and kick ass, alright? So spread love. Spread science. And we'll see you next week at 8 p.m. Eastern Time for another episode of Today in Space. Have a great weekend, everybody. <laughs>